0: Hi, everybody. It's uh, David and John from Election Profit Makers. That's our podcast. And um, that's who we are. My name is Kid Midas, the original wave rider, half humanoid, half android, best of both worlds, flesh and metal, connected as one. And I'm joined on the line by someone who's 100 percent human and he's all heart. His name is Johnny. And uh, a
1: bonny day to you, Johnny. Hey, David. How are you doing? How's everyone out there in podcast land? I'm doing great.
0: We're going to begin with a musical quiz for everybody. I'm going to sing a little snippet of a song, and I want you to guess what it is. Here we go. Are you ready, John? Yep. Frightened of this thing that
1: I've become. Dun, 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 dun nah that's not right. So you're
0: you're humming a sound of silence. Yeah, is that wrong? Oh no, I'll sing it one more time. Okay. Frightened of this thing that I've become. Anyone know it?
1: Uh Metallica?
0: ooh that's a really good guess. And it is kind of in the same like key or mode or whatever you call those things as a lot of Metallica songs. Like, I can't remember anything. You could imagine him saying, frightened of this thing that I've become. No arms, no legs, no eyes, no mouth. No one can see me. No one can hear me. What's going on? I cannot <laughs> function. <laughs> anyway we'll reveal the answer to my little musical quiz later in the episode this could be a nice little new uh feature that we do why not now well i want to give listeners time to pause the podcast and go to the public library and check Um, out an lp and see if they can figure out what the what the answer is it's a way to keep people listening listener engagement is what the name of the game is john i've been reading a lot of um management books and uh, it's all about metrics, and it's all about listener engagement, and building your brand, and building your audience. Okay. Oh God. All right. It's our name of our podcast is Election Profit Makers, and it's a lot of fun. John,
1: welcome back. Hey, thanks. Uh, I don't think I went anywhere, but I might be going somewhere in the future. Where's that? Uh, mm-hmm. to my bed, because I. Had a EPM airport pickup fail the other day. Uh huh. Uh, when I uh picked up a family member at uh RDU airport, and it turns out <clears throat> they have COVID. Are you at
0: liberty to say which family member this is? I got it. You know
1: what? It was my parents. They're back for round two of COVID. They're back for round two of COVID. Now, they had almost two years between they two rounds. So that's pretty good. Yeah. They, they were, you know, I'd say they were pretty unlucky to get COVID the first time. This time they knew that they were skirting a line.
0: Well, they, yeah, they went to Burning Man because they were running the
1: orgy tent. Right. Like, you're going to get COVID. Right. No, Just they, kidding. they, they went over to to europe Ah. uh for a week to do one of these like boat cruises and it was something that they uh scheduled when covid was not looking you know when it was down pretty low so as they got closer and closer to this thing they kept saying yeah i guess we're doing this and yeah covid was like yeah i guess you are and guess what i'm doing it
0: too infection mode activated Crest gel, Crest gel. Remember when the cavity creeps would try to break into your mouth? Oh, yeah, that's right. Crest gel would have to come out in full force. Yeah, blast them out of there. Those commercials are like 20 times tougher than the Herculoids. I don't care what anyone says. John, what a huge week, a momentous week on the world stage. Not only did the Queen of Europe die, Queen Elizabeth II, but it was also the 21st anniversary of 9 11. I mean, this was like Anglo American grief. At its finest. Although I have to say, I almost forgot it was the anniversary of nine eleven. I truly
1: that almost got escaped my notice for the first time ever. It. I, I think I don't know how many times nine. I know the nine eleven was on a Tuesday. I believe correct. Uh and so it's certainly in the last twenty years since then has a. Occurred on a weekend before, but it probably hasn't happened too many times. I think that's probably why it escaped uh, your your thoughts. It just, especially a Sunday, you know? So I don't have much to say about 9 11.
0: The Queen, though, the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, did you follow this story that she died? I did. The first thing I want to do is make absolutely clear to everybody, because sometimes I get this very confused. Who was she actually the Queen of? Do you know? England the united kingdom. Right, but also like Canada and stuff, right? Like and mm. a bunch of former colonies. Isn't
1: she the queen of Canada or something? She was at one point, but I don't I think she's like honorary queen now of those things. I
0: just want to say for the record in case you think I'm ignorant, I was actually in England when queen when when queen elizabeth had her annus horribilis. She gave this famous speech, John. Um there was all this stuff that happened, like the, the castle caught on fire. Princess yeah. Diana had died. A bunch of kids yeah. got divorced. Yeah, it was her year of discontent. Yeah, she came out and gave this big speech. She's usually like not so emo, but she was like, I got to say, y'all, this has been an anus horribilis. <laughs> and that's Latin for this year has sucked my nuts. And I was watching it at my at um a family friend's house in England where she gave the speech. I think that's a real memory. I think I was really there for the anus horribilis. Hmm. So, I feel a deep connection to Her Majesty. You should tweet that. That I have a deep connection to Her Majesty? Yeah. What if when she had died, I had tweeted, I have always felt a deep connection to Her Majesty, the Queen.
1: You think I would have gotten a thousand retweets? Yeah. Uh, We definitely got some quote tweets of some people being pretty happy with you.
0: Well, (laughs) all right. For being a colonialist a colonial, yeah. simp. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good day to come out in favor of the queen because people yeah. were having that on Twitter. Yeah. Just don't say anything.
1: Don't, because people were ready.
0: Yeah, they were ready for that. Stephen Miller, John, do you know who that is? Uh-huh. He used to work for the president, uh, went to Duke University. He's one of the many fine Duke alums that's associated with um, former President Trump, uh, including, I think, Judge Cannon. Is that true?
1: Yes, the yes. The judge she- who granted him his a special master. Yep. She went to undergrad. I thought she had gone to Duke law. She went to the university of Michigan school of law, but she, she did her undergrad at Duke university. So Steven Miller, Duke university
0: alum, who I think was, was he subpoenaed this week? What happened with him? Everyone's getting subpoenaed or indicted. I can't keep track. Uh, Yes.
1: Not indicted. subpoenaed. Steve Bannon was what? Arrested, subpoenaed, indicted, what was done to him? I think he was indicted and arrested. He he was literally in handcuffs, which he looked like he could not be happy or about. He was, you know, the, the all of the television cameras were on him, and he was screaming, "I have not yet begun to fight, and they will never take me, and I will never stop fighting as that long as I such am alive." A drama queen. I know, what a diva. Oh my god! And gosh. it was like, dude, nobody cares, and especially nobody cares on this day because the queen had just died. Oh, he must have been so pissed about that. Right? Because he was going to be able to fundraise off of that bit of videotape. That guy is such a fundraising
0: fiend. And isn't that what he got in trouble for? Fundraising off his his build the wall thing. And then he just took the money and spent it on on whatever, shirts. I guess that's kind of a hack joke. Hey, uh, uh, Steve Bannon uh, defrauded the build the wall investors of a million dollars. That was enough for uh, two days worth of flannel shirts he could wear.
1: Yeah. I'll
0: take it. Is that a hack joke or a good joke? No, it's pretty hacky, I think. But yeah, no. Steve Bannon uh, defrauded his uh, build the wall investors of a million dollars. That was enough money to not buy a comb or washcloth for his sloppy face. Better? Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, so man. a lot of people got rolled up, interviewed subpoenaed, uh, indicted, uh, arrested this week, it seems. Right.
0: Bringing it back around to Stephen Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tweeting about the queen. This was a hell of a tweet. Let me just share it with everybody who didn't see it because they're lucky enough to not look at Twitter. And I really have been good about not looking at Twitter too much. I'm certainly no longer producing content for Twitter, which by, by that, I mean, I'm no longer making my amazing observations and jokes uh, and links on Twitter. But I do from time to time, poke my head through the door and peer around and say, hello, is anybody saying anything I should know about? And then I saw this tweet by Stephen Miller. This is, this is about the queen dying, okay? okay, Her Royal Majesty's passing is not only a tragedy for England, Britain, the UK, and the Commonwealth, but for all decent people everywhere. Queen Elizabeth was our last link to a lost age of magic and glory, radiating our world with light. After a life of service, she rests in God's kingdom. Can you imagine someone tweeting you that about you? You'd be so flattered. That's incredible. Queen Elizabeth was our last link to a lost age of magic and glory, radiating our world with light. Uh, is this Queen Elizabeth or Gandalf the Wizard? How about that? Mm-hmm. That's from um, The Hobbit.
1: Uh, no, I'm not familiar. That's uh, very poetic what he wrote. I think, yes, they love England and uh, imperialism. And they also know that that would get a rise out of a certain segment
0: it's so. a little bit of trolling,
1: definitely, yeah, it's gonna be like when um
0: it's gonna be like when Noam Chomsky dies and and uh then we're tweeting stuff about noam chomsky
1: right what are you what are you gonna tweet?
0: is Noam Chomsky the male left equivalent of the queen, someone who's just been around forever, <laughs> and it's just impossible <laughs> to imagine a life without them
1: uh huh
0: Noam Chomsky was our last link to a lost age of magic and glory, radiating our world with light. After a life of service, Gnome rests in God's kingdom. What a tweet that would be. Yeah. What a tweet. Noam Chomsky is our Queen Elizabeth. I'm saying I don't it. know. I feel like there's got to be somebody else. There's something very interesting. When I did a little research about this, the Queen's approval rating in the UK was 86%. Okay. That's very high. That's much higher than yeah. I thought it would be. Now, obviously, that's different from the approval rating of the monarchy as an institution. Right. But still, any politician in America would love to have 86% approval rating.
1: No, that's insane. That's like
0: George W. Bush after 9-11. Right. Charles's approval rating. Now, this is when he was prince. This is These are numbers from the spring. So this is not him as King Charles. This is him as Prince Charles. 65% approval rating. I was stunned. That's great. That's amazing. They're never going to get rid of the monarchy. If this guy, one of the biggest freaks who's ever lived. I'm sorry, Is but he? I think that. Is he? I think he's a weirdo. And I think like, don't you remember all that stuff with like, do you know he was
1: married to Princess Diana, Lady Diana? Like there was a yeah. huge. But I mean, you know what? I so, so I'm starting to revisit that stuff now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I mean, he got divorced. He had a divorce. And then, I mean, did he do something horrible? He probably like cheated on her with somebody else. Camilla Parker Bowles, his current wife. That's horrible. That's horrible. Yes. That's totally horrible. But that's like a thing that happens all the time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So did he do anything else? He he didn't have any like pedophilia or- No, that's his brother, Andrew. I will, not, will just say that I think uh, King Charles has grown into his like weirdness. He doesn't look as weird as he used to. Mm. Anyway,
0: I was, I was shocked at how popular Charles is, and it forced me to, looking at this poll number, it forced me to revisit my theory that they would abolish the monarchy within two weeks of his coronation. Nearly 70 percent of Britons support a monarchy. I'm stunned. What is uh? What is Prince William's support? I don't know. Which one is he? Is he the one who moved to America with Meghan Markle? No, that's Prince Harry. Oh, which one is Prince William? He's the 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 the. Was he in the Air Force? Heir to the throne after King Charles. Who cares? Why are we talking about this? Who cares? It has
1: no relevance to us, does it? Well, it's where. I mean, some would argue that it's where you know the the the. The foundation of the U.S. comes from.
0: Mm, interesting, from the loins of her Majesty.
1: <laughs> All right, I, mean, I want to do a little sad. I want to do a little sidebar
0: because this always confuses me, and this is a public service I'm doing for our listeners. You know how, you know how there's this cluster of islands, and it's like England, Great Britain, United Kingdom. There's like Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England. Some of them are Great Britain. Some of them are the United Kingdom. Let me explain this real quick because it's yeah, all right. Because we're all going to be talking about the royal family for months because there's going to be a coronation and then we're all going to wait to see if King Charles, if there's like a palace coup and his son sm- smites him with a broadsword. It's going to be like really much, there's going to be a lot of news out of this area. Okay. So here's the deal we have England. Now, England is not an island, England is one country on an island but there's two other countries Wales and Scotland now those three countries that are all one island that's great britain okay i used to think that ireland was part of great britain no and 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 don't don't repeat my mistake cuz some irish people will not be happy with you now on the other hand northern ireland which is the northern part of the island that Ireland is on. Right. Which is called Ireland. Okay, so there's an island called Ireland. Correct. And it has the Republic of Ireland, which is the main part, which is the southern part. And then in the north, you have Northern Ireland. Okay, now, remember when I said Great Britain was that one lump that was England, Wales, and Scotland? And yes, they do like it when you call it a lump. If you add the top, third of ireland which is northern ireland to that then you get the united kingdom okay okay that's the uk if you ever see a domain that ends in .co.uk that's united kingdom now remember we still have this other thing the republic of ireland hanging out sharing the same landmass as northern ireland but that's not part of the united kingdom that's That's what you have to be very clear about, okay? And now you take all those things, England, Wales, and Scotland, one lump, and then the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, that's another lump. Then there's a tiny little guy, the Isle of Man. I guess that's where I would live. That's a little, I don't know, protectorate. It's like one of the, I don't know what it is, but that's another island in between. All of that together, all of those land masses, that's the British Isles. Okay? Okay. So British Isles is the biggest thing you can say. That's the that's the broadest capture. So the British Isles is more of a geographic uh, designation. Yeah, exactly. Rather than a political one.
1: Right. And the rest are political or break bro- broken down political lines. I mean, it's sort of like looking at America is a geographic thing, uh, though you can break Get down geographically into North America and Central America and South America as well. Um, Yeah. There you go. I don't think
0: it's that confusing. Oh my God. It's so confusing to me. I had to look at this diagram for like 20 minutes to try to internalize it. Because I always make a mistake whenever I open my big fat mouth and talk about England and and how I used to live in England and blah, 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 blah. And it turns out I was actually in Ireland the whole time. No, that's not right. Just kidding. I have okay. been to Ireland though. I did go to Ireland once.
1: Here's so. a question I have. When did Wales in Scotland become part of the United Kingdom? I think England goes back a way long time ago, thousands of years or something. Um, And, and did Wales and Scotland have their own Olympic teams? I mean, I know that the Republic of Ireland has its own but I know that Scotland and Wales don't. They they're just all part of I don't know. Great Britain. I don't know, John. I
0: can't answer that question. And I and I dare say none of our listeners can either. Carolina,
1: Sherry Beasley. Sherry Beasley. I had a Beasley person come by the house the other day. Are you serious? They've started canvassing? Yeah,
0: yeah. So if you folks don't remember, Sherry Beasley is the Democratic Senate candidate. In North Carolina, she was the first black woman to serve as the chief justice of the state Supreme Court. And she's running against Ted Budd because this is an open seat being vacated by Richard Burr. Correct. Did he get subpoenaed for his stock trades about COVID and insider trading? It's too much
1: to keep yeah, track of. I don't know if that was just. Or
0: yeah. were his phone records released as part of a FOIA request? Yeah, anyway, I think that was it. Anyway, Richard Burr is on his way out. This is an open Senate seat. It's assumed, of course, because of the nature of North Carolina is to break our hearts, that Ted Budd, the Republican, will win this seat. But since June, if you go to five thirty-eight, uh, they have Sherry Beasley with a thirty uh, with a thirty-six percent chance of winning. I think this race, John, is has been a little bit undercovered, certainly by us, since we focus on North Carolina, our home state. But by a lot of people, this obviously is not getting the attention that the Ohio Senate race is getting or that the Pennsylvania Senate race is getting. But John, you and I, I believe, are both invested in this race, correct? I've nearly doubled my investment. Which party will win in the North Carolina Senate race? I bought Democrat at 16 cents. It's now trading at 29 cents. That's only 100 shares. And I might put more in on predicted.org. Where is it trading on Predictit right now? Let's take a look. Which party will win the U.S. Senate election in North Carolina in 2022? Democratic 29, Republican 72. So,
1: Predicted is a little is you know, yeah, they're a little pessimistic uh, based on what 538 says. So, and and David, if I remember last week, you just came straight out and said that that Beasley is going to win.
0: I don't know. It just feels like. I mean, first of all, neither of these candidates have done anything to break nationally. Bud, neither Bud nor Beasley, right? Like most people in America have never heard of these two. This is a very kind of like old school campaign in a way, right? Like they're not getting into vicious me Can you imagine Sherry Beasley, like <laughs> trying to be like John Fetterman and like memeing her way to the, <laughs> into yeah, Twitter. She's too sweet. That's not who it she is. Never she is the, no. she seems like the most nicest old fashioned woman ever. And I don't mean that pejoratively. Like she, no. she's- she seems very like a grown up adult, right? Yes. And Bud, I have have no idea who this dude is. He used to own a gun store, I think, and he's like a hardcore Trump supporter, right? But other than that, he's not like making news like Madison Cawthorn by just being the biggest piece of shit who ever lived, being a little stinker to try to own the libs.
1: No, not yet. Right.
0: I mean, maybe that'll come. We have a couple months left. But I really do feel like once this race starts to get more attention... I don't know. I feel like Beasley will raise a lot of money. And I'm very encouraged to hear that you had a canvasser come to your door the other day because I've actually been thinking like maybe I should make some time in the fall to go to North Carolina and do some canvassing for Sherry Beasley. Like, fuck it. What does she want? What does she want to be so awesome? Yeah, that would shock the world. And I think our next project, now that we have essentially decided the Ohio election with our J.D. Vance Billboard campaign, and that's now a lock for Ryan. I think we should move on to uh, North Carolina and try to come up with some fun projects to do in North Carolina. What are the numbers in
1: Ohio right now? Let's see here. Uh, I think they've got uh, Tim Ryan, 28 and 100 to win. So so it's not a lock in the eyes of the quants, but... That's because our seventh billboard hasn't gone up yet. That's true. Um, it's still tight in Georgia. That That's the one that I, I feel confident... Uh, that Herschel Walker is going to lose and Warnock is going to win in Georgia. I am um, I'm not convinced. I just, I don't want to get my heart broken in North Carolina that Beasley is going to be able to pull it off. Right. Uh, but I'll do everything I can and I'll canvas. And it was uplifting to have a canvasser come by and also to have a canvasser come by that did not suck. Because sometimes you have people come by that are just kind of like just going to the motion. She was like very personable didn't take long it was uh yeah it gave me a good feeling that's interesting
0: you probably have been canvassed more than many of our listeners because you live in such a swing state north carolina Mm -hmm. tell our listeners john the difference between a good canvasser and a bad canvasser because i'm sure a lot of us are going to be canvassing this fall how do we make sure that we're not on your sucky canvasser list
1: Uh, I I mean, I think, yeah, the bad canvassers are just people that are sort of like lost in their paperwork and they're like, yeah, I just need to find out what, what's your name and is this person here? Uh, and, and let me, let me, okay, who do you want to vote for? They're just sort of bogged down in the data and the data is the most important thing that they're, they're, uh, collecting. Voter roles, voter party affiliation, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, she was. You know, I told her I supported Beasley. I told her what my number one issues were, and she was like, "Bang, bang, 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 got it, got it," and she was on to the next person. She was very efficient.
0: What were your number one issues? Uh, voting rights. Okay, was my num- was my
1: number one issue.
0: Okay, um, above and- ACC football. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't think she visited me on a Saturday. It might have, you know, might have had, might have been ACC football had that happened. I just thanked her for what she was doing and she was like, yep, you're Whew. welcome. Hit it and quit it. Move on to the next house. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get that data because then once they know, they're like, okay, we got this guy in the bag. Right. This is a lock. We don't Nobody need to waste needs another
0: to- minute worrying about old John yeah, Kimball. Do
1: not waste any money sending any of your pamphlets or canvassers over here again. He's they good to go. They are just wasting their time.
0: I want to hear from anyone who lives in North Carolina who has already started canvassing for Beasley what's the scene I'm happy to hear it start that it started early and I think voting has started right absentee ballots in North Carolina have gone out to like
1: yeah right? North Carolina is always the first in the country to start uh, and so we probably have three or four hundred people that have voted um, you know by absentee ballot military ballots that have come in so uh, and actually those looking at those numbers it's a small number right now. But looking at those numbers, it's heavily democratic—the people that are voting. So that could be a good sign, but it's still too early to to say. Keeping all that in mind, I just put in an offer for
0: another another hundred shares of Beasley. Uh, Democrats winning the North Carolina Senate race. Okay. Let's just go for it. Let's dream big. Who cares? This whole the web, website's going to be shut down anyway. Although, did you say that predicted.org appealed the CFTC? what happened yeah
1: predicted and a number of its users uh have um sued the cftc uh for relief and i don't know the specifics of that lawsuit but uh, they have sued to try to uh, keep the website open we'll see what happens
0: billboard report the last billboard is going up this week billboard number seven Happy to report that listener selfies have started coming in. We've gotten our first photos of uh, election profit makers listeners posting with billboards. That's great to see. We also got a nice dispatch from an Ohio listener who made a road trip to see one of the billboards in person. You guys will remember these billboards, of course, say, J.D. Vance, you have no chance. (gasps) You know why.
1: John, why don't you read this dispatch from an Ohio listener? Ohio listener writes in, I was elated to visit the J.D. Vance billboard in Lancaster, Ohio, earlier today. I live outside of Columbus, which is about an hour away. I drove down with my wife, a Lancaster native who, while in high school, worked at the Pizza Hut down the street from the billboard, and my son, who will turn 18 next month and will vote for Tim Ryan in November. He writes, the billboard is in a highly visible, high traffic area literally on the main street of Lancaster, population about 40,000 per the 2020 census. Excellent scouting job, guys. A stone's throw away is a drive-in cinema currently showing the OG Footloose and Grease, appropriate fare for the Republicans trying to turn back time. And just about a mile away is downtown Lancaster, loaded with municipal buildings, restaurants, and a statue of Civil War General and Lancaster native son, William Tecumseh Sherman. He burned Atlanta.
0: That's right. Atlanta fucked around and then they found out. Yeah. Because yeah. he was happy with Atlanta. He was like, yeah. I have some ideas. Um, I'm a kind of a bit of an urban, uh, urban developer. Let me uh, renew this. Uh, let me beautify Atlanta. Yeah. He was the original. Um, the Robert yeah. Moses of Atlanta.
1: Hmm. You know, he didn't burn North Carolina though. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Yeah, they gave North Carolina a break because we weren't as bad as the rest of them. Anyway, uh, but we were still bad. The billboard, he he continues, the billboard jumps out with its stark white background and bold black lettering, save for the chilling tagline in blood red, and you know why. And you know why. And you know why David David made this one a little bit different apparently yeah
0: I switched it up I, I had the tagline in red as a as as a final flourish to our billboard campaign
1: yeah you changed the the font and you also added an and and you took you did they took the parenthetical out
0: and I added I think two extra ellipses John. Two extra periods in the ellipses. I was like, literally go for
1: it. Pedal to the metal. You didn't run that by me, but-
0: Nope. That was an executive decision. I thought, you know what? I've earned this. I think you did. A creative decision. I'm not going to run it by
1: the board. I'm just going to do it. So he continues, there is a fire and brimstone vibe to it, not unlike the infamous hell is real billboard known to drivers on Interstate 71 between Columbus and Cincinnati. I hope and pray J.D. gets his soiled ass kicked in November. It's been a tough time to be a Democrat in this illegally gerrymandered state. The billboards give us some hope. Thanks for doing this. Long live E.P.M. The queen is dead. Long live E.P.M. God, that totally warms my heart. Thanks again to
0: everybody who donated to the billboard fund. Yeah. We should write to King Charles and say, we know you have quite a bit of money. Might we have some, sir? For our little billboard fun. Yeah. There's a famous story in England where a little boy who lives in an orphanage, his name is Oliver Twist, and he goes up to this mean old man at the cafeteria and holds out his little bowl and says, please, sir, may I have some more? Um, That could be us with our begging bowl as we approach King Charles and ask um, for some billboard money. Yeah.
1: Please, sir,
0: may I have some more? And then they're like, Oliver, Oliver, never before has a boy wanted more. You're a little shit face. Why don't you go back into your orphanage? Go lie down on your potato sack and comb your stinky hair with an old piece of wood. Oliver, Oliver, never before has a boy wanted more. Oliver, Oliver, you're such a jerk. And then this other guy comes out, Fagin. I. You look like you've got nimble fingers. Could you help me pick some pockets among the London rich people? I'll give you a penny farthing for every wallet you snatch. and a watch on a fob will get you two pounds and I'll get you a nice I'll get you a
1: nice ham that you can eat. A ham?
0: Yeah. And then so Oliver gets recruited and he has to he has to pick pockets. For this guy, Fagin. And Fagin has a lover who I think is a prostitute. I'm not sure that's ever made explicit. But she's a beautiful woman. And I think at one point, Fagin pushes her off a balcony. I'm remembering all of this when I was in a production of Oliver as a kid at the high school. But I wasn't in high school yet. I was one of the orphans or one of the townspeople. Actually, I think I was so talented, I actually played multiple roles. I think I was like an orphan and a townsperson. But at any point, John. Did you have a speaking role? Were you? Speaking I had a cotton- speaking role. I had a speaking role and I had to say there was a there was some there was like a chase going on. Everybody was looking for somebody. I can't remember if we were good guys looking for a bad guy or bad guys looking for a good guy. But I had one line. in In the midst of all this chaos, I ran to the center of the stage and said, the three cripples in. That's where they'll be. And then we all ran off stage to the three cripples in. So I think I was like, the three cripples in. That's where there will be. And then we ran off but I probably did it with a British accent. Like the three cripples in. Well, I wouldn't have night. No, it wasn't a master of accents yet. I hadn't done all my dialect yeah. training yet. So I was probably you like, you got any money. That's yeah. What, that's yeah. The three cripples in that's where they'll be. That's probably like that. And um, later that um, high school theater director was fired. Do you remember that? Right. Because he served yeah. champagne at a cast
1: party. Yeah, you remember that whole scandal? That was such yeah, a scandal. Yeah, huge scandal. Why was that such a huge scandal? Well, I, I pro- you, you just because I mean, he probably shouldn't be serving. I mean, yeah, obviously all he too biffed it. Right. Kids, but also it's just a this? slippery slope, right. probably. Anyway. But that guy was amazing, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, they, God, he was a legend high school in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, 1980s, yeah. yeah. Had put out some stuff. Um,
0: Anyway, I thank him for casting me in Oliver Twist, the famous musical about an orphanage in England. And um, as we grieve for the loss of Her Majesty the Queen, we celebrate all the wonderful British um, culture that we have enjoyed over the years. Including Doctor Who, about a man who travels through space in a a telephone box. And... and Um, uh, Spice
1: Girls. And the... England's such. Come on, England. Get your act together. No, I think England's got some good stuff. I mean, the the young ones. The the young young ones. Remember the young ones? I never got into that show. You were so into that show. I got to tell you, I went back to watch some young ones. Did not hold up. Oh, did not hold up? No, did not. But boy, did I love it back when it was. uh, Hands up. Who likes me? Then everyone puts their hands down. Because they liked, they liked Rick a lot. <laughs> Fucking
0: Monty Python. Oh, my God. Is that the most overrated thing of all time, Monty yeah, Python? I never got into all that. All the philosophers are going to play soccer. Oh, here's Aristotle. He's he's using metaphysics to make the ball go in the air. Shh. Shut up. Everyone knows you went to Oxford. Anyway, that's a little unfair. And we have to <laughs> say oh, that, Do you know, like, people who got really into the Monty Python, I could never get into. It was too silly. I don't like
1: things to be silly. Like. Really? I like silly. I don't like silly. It's like too, I don't like. You didn't didn't like it's a mere flesh wound? Was that the line? Oh, when a guy gets his arms
0: and legs chopped off? No, I don't like it when foppish rich people act silly. Oh, okay. Maybe they're not rich. I assume they're rich because they're so clever, you know, but maybe they're not. Anyway, I'm sure the grave we're digging. Well, yes.
1: just any English accent, British accent, yeah, UK there's that. accent. Yeah, yeah. It just comes across as kind of.
0: Rich. I preferred the earthy comedy of "Are you being served?" where every joke is like three's company level double entendre. You mm-hmm. know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you need help slipping into that? Or do you find it a bit tight? Like stuff like that. Ooh, <laughs> you know? Are you Are you sure your trousers? <laughs> I can't believe that was on PBS. I know we've talked about it before, but I still yeah. can't get over it. We yeah. grew up at the height of just, of, yeah. of Anglophilia that was so out of control. They would show the, du- they they would show, R- are <laughs> you being served on PBS? Whereas <laughs> everyone who watched that was like, oh, it's so clever. They would have turned up their nose at Three's Company just because it took place in San Diego or wherever it took place. Uh, right, it was the right. same
1: show. It was. It was the right.
0: same. Your trousers look a bit tight is there a bulge you might need help with. <laughs> Oh, ho, ho, ho. then they switch over to Three's Company. They're like, yeah, I'll have your alarm clock ringing in no time. Oh, what trashy humor is this? I'm going to go back and watch the sophisticated stylings of Are You Being Served? This elevator goes to 69. Would you like to join me having a 69? <laughs> with him?
1: <laughs>
0: How much is this dress? It's 69 pounds. Would you like me cock in your mouth? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Oh, We all process grief in different ways. (laughs) Rest in power, Queen Elizabeth. Anyway, let's get back on track. Here are the billboard locations for the J.D. Vance billboards, if anyone remembers what we're talking about. Yeah. John was kind enough to find the precise location of each of the billboards and enter that location into the app What3Words or the website What3Words.com. And we're giving you now the What3Words coordinates for each of these billboards. Ready? Take it away, John.
1: All right. The first location is at Blackmail Communicate Navigation. Second one is at Nervy Touchy Spectators. Then Volume Gladiator's Views. The fourth one is at Circus Scorch Researchers. Uh, The fifth is at Metro Unable Engineering. The sixth is at Recognition Twisting Issue. And the final billboard is at Disturbance Deodorant Hamper. Incredible. Each one is so evocative. Yeah, these are the actual locations to the foot oh right within a foot you mean yeah i mean it will take you the the that is exactly where it is got it read them one more time real quick okay blackmail communicate navigation nervy touchy spectators volume gladiators views circus scorch researchers metro unable engineering recognition twisting issue and finally disturbance deodorant hamper Got it. Those are the seven locations.
0: Frightened of this thing that I've become. J.D. Vance, you have no chance here. You you John. Yes. I know there was some exciting football, and I know our listeners are desperate to hear your analysis. Let's do oh, it.
1: Oh, yes. It was another exciting week of Carolina football. Uh, Carolina, after this weekend, is the only... FBS team in the nation that is three and zero has not lost. Carolina went down to um, Georgia State in Atlanta, immediately went up twenty-one to three. Then Georgia State ran off twenty-five unanswered points and to take a touchdown lead. And Carolina ended up scoring the final two touchdowns of the game to win that game. They're now three and zero against. You know, not the greatest competition, but two of those wins were on the road against Sunbelt Conference teams. And you would say, oh, the Sunbelt Conference, that's not a major conference, right? Well, Carolina, as you know, last week beat Appalachian State. Well, Appalachian State this week went to College Station, Texas, to take on Texas A&M, number six Texas A&M at Kyle Field in front of 106,000 fans. Including Ted Cruz, I think. I think
0: Ted Cruz posted a selfie from that game.
1: Actually, I think Ted Cruz was at the Texas game.
0: Oh, he wasn't at the Texas Te- a Okay. Yeah, Texas right. actually
1: had a big game against Alabama, which they almost won, but Alabama ended up winning. Uh, Appalachian State beat Texas A&M at Texas A&M. And that's what we call an upset, correct? Yeah, that, w- that was a major, major upset. So in my eyes... You know, If you're using the transitive property, hmm. the University of North Carolina football team is better than Texas A&M since UNC beat Appalachian. Love to use the transitive property. Yeah. In fact, all the big four schools of the ACC, the big four are the ones in North Carolina, UNC, NC State, Duke, Wake Forest, are all undefeated. And it is the first time since ever that all four schools have been at least since they started playing football in 1892. And uh, that's pretty incredible.
2: All right, so check it out. Went to my mom's this week to watch the Gator game, and uh, she usually makes these great, great items like southern cooking chicken pot pie, spaghetti meatballs, meatloaf, country fries, steak, beef stew, but... (laughs) I don't know what got into her this week. She made split pea soup and chicken salad. The Chicken salad would sit on a little piece of lettuce. And then there's this little jello salad, which is like strawberry jello with whipped cream and pretzel pretzels underneath. That was delicious, but it's not a salad anyway. Um, so the food was fine. I mean, I didn't know that I like split pea soup. It was fine. I don't really like chicken salad, but, I ate it, and uh, the Gators lost. I mean, that's really all I have to tell you. We just didn't play good, and uh, Kentucky played better, and uh, Gators lost. So,
0: We had a listener right in who noticed something that I noticed as I was watching Serena Williams' final U.S. Open appearance, which is that among all the high-dollar sponsors of the U.S. Open, uh, in addition to Rolex, and I don't remember what bank or whatever was sponsoring it. There was also, John, the city of Asheville, North Carolina. What was Asheville, North Carolina doing buying,
1: I'm sure, extremely expensive advertising space at the U.S. Open? Yeah. I mean, Asheville is a destination place now, and it has been for a long time. I mean, there's a reason why the Biltmore Estate, why the Vanderbilts built their the largest home in America there more than a 100 years ago. it has always been a place for the rich to go and spend their leisure time, particularly on the East Coast. Uh, so I think people think of Charleston as a place like that. Um, but Asheville has actually been a place like that for many years. so that didn't that didn't really surprise me.
0: Dave writes in, your proposal for a podcast about a guy contacting everyone in his dad's Rolodex was amusing, and it reminded me of a couple of true Great Depression era books published in the last decade or so. One is The Great Depression, A Diary, which was a diary by Benjamin Roth published a few years ago by his son, Daniel. The other, which was closer in theme to your idea, is A Secret Gift by Ted Goop, who discovers that his grandfather gave out anonymous $5 gifts during the Great Depression and received thank you letters from people expressing their gratitude. What really caught my attention is that you seemingly randomly attributed your hypothetical story to the Cleveland Plain Dealer and then started riffing on other northern Ohio newspapers. That was quite a coincidence because both of those books take place in northern Ohio, the first in Youngstown and the second in Canton. I grew up in the Cleveland area and I now reside in central Ohio where I'm on the lookout for some badass billboards. That's a pretty good coincidence, I suppose. I guess Ohio is on everyone's mind, right?
1: Yeah, Ohio. So he's in Central Ohio, Columbus, maybe, maybe Columbus area. Columbus Dispatch. Hmm. Hmm. All this stuff about
0: diaries reminds me that when I found um, when my parents were moving out of their house and we found a box and it had all my my grandmother's diaries from when she was a teenager. And uh, I never knew my grandmother. She died before I was born, but I had all these diaries from when she was growing up in Gloversville, New York. It's like a 16-year-old girl. And uh, I wrote an essay about it. Um, and I haven't finished the diaries because I didn't want to read them all. They was like so precious and it was like so emotional and overwhelming that I would just read like a couple pages at a time. It was so
1: crazy. Yeah. Wasn't that your essay was in the New York Times, right? Yeah, in
0: the, Yeah. In New York Times, Sunday magazine, I wrote an essay about reading my grandmother's teenage diaries. Then I read a little further and found out that she used the N-word. So the complications of idolizing (laughs) people from your past. (laughs) That's the way it goes. These were written in the in the early years of the twentieth century. Her mother was a she lived alone she lived with her mom, who was a widow, and she ran around eating ice cream and chasing boys and um yeah.
1: I forgot to tell you that I ran into Mike, the dog trainer, on a walk the other day, and that he had this is just the guy who finished- trained your
0: dog who you, who recognized your voice and was like, "Do you host the Election Profit Makers?"
1: Is that that? Yeah, he was in the house training the dog, and he recognized my voice and put two and two together, but didn't say anything. Right. And then it was later on he sent a text over and said, "By the way, I'm a huge fan of EPM." Um, he just thought it would have been inappropriate to say something at that moment.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Uh, So I ran into him the other day and he said, Hey, I was just listening to the podcast and I heard David talking about how he felt so dumb that he was having trouble with his pedals or whatever it is you do with those things. Wow. He said, thanks for listening. I get, Mm-hmm. and then he said he said it really made me feel better because i just built my own pedal and i was having some problems getting it to work as wait
0: well. so this guy trained your dog yeah. was in your house realized you host this podcast wrote to you later and now like a year later hears that i'm building pedals and it's like oh yeah i also build pedals and we're supposed to think this is like What's wrong no, with that? This is like some kind of, this is like a- You think he's some kind of spy? Yeah. It's just like, there's too many overlaps. It's not like, if I was like, yeah, I've got so into macrame last week. I'm crazy about macrame. He'd be like, yeah, I heard uh, your podcast. You know, I'm uh, uh, i really into macrame. <laughs> anyway, I'd love
1: to know. How many pedals has he built? What kind of pedals? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I can put you guys in touch. Does he build them from kits or design his own? It sounded, I, I don't, I, I. I don't know. I All wasn't right. interested. I was just wow. like, uh, I have to sit here I, and listen to you talk about fucking
0: football twenty yeah. hours a week, and I, then one little thing about a pedal, and you're like, I'm not interested. Do you understand no. that we build these things from little kits, and if it works, we can make our guitar sound so crazy, John? Do you even
1: understand that the satisfaction? I understand, you get it, but when it sounds works? like you guys can't get them to work. That was Ow. the thing, is it that, that they wouldn't work? <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I'll wow. put you in touch. You guys can talk about it, or maybe we'll have a we'll have a Thanksgiving or November meetup back here and because he came to our last one okay i didn't mike's I, always around all right mike the dog trainer hickory hounds they fixed Bodie. more free advertising for people love it just kidding. yeah brand bagels here in car you know right, okay you know? okay okay all right Patrick writes in, you guys talking about the P.D. Pablo song made me remember this VHS tape that was given to my parents when they moved to North Carolina in 1994 or so. Yeah. Charles Kuralt sings a song at about 8.22 mark that covers all of the towns P.D. Pablo missed, making Kuralt, in my eyes, 14% more crunk. And then Patrick has a link to YouTube to this particular song uh, that Charles Kuralt reads poetry to or sings along to. I'm not certain, but I definitely recognized it. I probably watched it on this YouTube channel at one point as well.
2: Yankee, Yancy, Yorick, Fork, Ripsin' and Ridge and Roaring Fork.
0: Far from home my mind embraces the nimble names of Tar Heel Places, Topsail Sound and Turner's Cut, Dixon and Vixen and Devil's Gut, Hook,
1: Hook, Ash, Nash,
0: Calico, Calabash,
1: Pit, Hide, there.
2: bear, Cape Fear.
0: You think Charles Corralt and Petey Pablo ever met? No, I think
1: Charles Corralt died in like 1997 or so.
0: Okay, before Petey Pablo blew up. Right. Do you want to tell us any interesting facts about Charles Corralt? Who was Charles Corralt for people who don't know? He loomed large in our childhood.
1: Yeah. For years, Charles Corralt was really known for his work at CBS News. Uh, he was the host of uh, the Sunday morning or uh, program on CBS. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that was the name of it. Was it called Sunday morning? He It had a very like simple
0: that? name. was something like the Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah, it had a little sun, a little smiling sun in the corner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he uh, was born in Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, eventually ended up in Charlotte, where he was a writer for the Charlotte News, and from there he ended up at CBS Radio, and then you know became very well known uh, for his various programs, like Life on the Road with Charles Corral, stuff like that. And his brother owned a famous bookstore in town. Yes, the Intimate Bookshop. And uh, Charles Corral went to UNC. I don't believe he ever lived here, though, but he is buried here in the old Chapel Hill Cemetery. And he also had a secret family, correct? Yes, we found out later on, uh, after he died, he had written to his secret, uh, family in Montana that he was going to leave them some land. And there was a big, uh, court battle about that. Apparently.
0: Can you imagine having a whole secret family? I knew someone whose grand great grandfather was like a merchant Marine and he had two families, one on each coast. He had an East coast. He was Can- French Canadian had an East coast family and a West coast family. And they never knew each, they never knew about each other until they died until the the guy died and I think it was like one of those things where it's like uh may I ask who you are I don't know how to do a French Canadian accent Uh, may I ask who you are I'm his wife I'm his kids and it's like uh awkward are you being served oh yeah was a good callback anyway it's interesting yeah human life will continue to be interesting and we will continue to document it and analyze it for your edification and amusement election profit makers
1: election profit makers is an independent production you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com and please rate and review us on apple Podcasts or stitcher or spotify or overcast or discogs or reverb or wherever you get your podcasts thank you so much for listening goodbye bye-bye
2: Frightened of this thing that I've become. Frightened of this thing that I've become. Frightened of this thing that I've become.